Ben Shapiro here, and you're about to listen to the audio-only version of Debunked, my newest series, where I dismantle and debunk a common leftist myth each episode in 15 minutes or less. If you like what you hear, go to dailywire.com slash subscribe, use promo code DEBUNKED for 20% off, and become a member today. It's the only way to get the full experience. The show has a documentary feel with amazing visuals to help guide you through a plethora of stats, studies, and facts. And you can binge the entire first season right now on The Daily Wire. Go to dailywire.com slash subscribe. Use promo code DEBUNKED for 20% off. A lot of us are going to be on the move again this summer. So here is my advice to you. Take your Raycons with you. A pair of Raycon wireless earbuds in your ears can make all the difference no matter what you're listening to. Yet crisp, powerful beats at half the price of other premium audio brands. Raycons look great. They feel even better. They come in a range of cool colors with customizable gel tips included for a comfortable in-ear fit. And Raycons are built to go wherever you go with quick and seamless Bluetooth pairing and a compact charging case. I use my Raycons to listen to podcasts, watch TV, listen to music. Right now, you can do the same. Raycon is offering 15% off all their products for my listeners. Here's what you've got to do to go get it. Go to buyraycon.com slash Ben. There, you'll get 15% off your entire Raycon order. It's such a good deal, you'll want to grab a pair and a spare. That is 15% off at buyraycon.com slash Ben. That's B-U-I-R-A-Y-C-O-N.com slash Ben. 15% off at buyraycon.com slash Ben. Grab yourself a pair of Raycons. You're not going to regret it. The best pair of wireless earbuds on the market. And you get 15% off right now at buyraycon.com slash Ben for 15% off. The post office is a wonderful place, but if you can avoid the lines, why not just do so by heading on over to stamps.com? With stamps.com, you don't have to go to the post office ever again. You can mail and ship anytime, anywhere, right from your computer. Send letters, ship packages, pay less, a lot less, with discounted rates from USPS, UPS, and more. We've been using stamps.com here at Daily Wire since 2017. No more wasting our time. Stamps.com brings the services of the U.S. Postal Service and UPS right to your computer. It's a must-have for any business. Whether you're a small office sending invoices, a side hustle Etsy shop shipping out orders, or just navigating this hybrid work life, Stamps.com can handle it all with ease. Simply use your computer to print official U.S. postage 24-7 for any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send it. Once your mail is ready, just schedule a pickup or drop it off. It is indeed that simple. With Stamps.com, you get discounts of up to 40% off post office rates and up to 66% off UPS shipping rates. Not to mention, Stamps.com is a fraction of the cost of those expensive postage meters. Stamps.com, it's a no-brainer. It saves you time, it saves you money. Stop wasting your time going to the post office. Head on over to Stamps.com. Instead, no risk with my promo code Shapiro. Get a special offer. It includes a four-week trial plus free postage and digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to Stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, type in Shapiro. That is Stamps.com, promo code Shapiro, Stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. Imagine if your police force could just go on strike at a moment's notice. They could hold up the entire business of a city. Imagine if your firefighters decided to go on strike in the middle of a fire. Imagine if the military decided to go on strike in the middle of a war. These are the kind of dangers associated with public sector unions, and it is a massive disruption to the American economy. So over the past couple of months, we found out one specific and important thing about the Biden administration's approach to COVID policy in America's schools. The Biden administration doesn't care about the kids. The Biden administration cares about the teachers' unions. 
One of the most robust scientific findings over the past year has been that schools do not provide additional risk above baselines to teachers. This is particularly true with regard to elementary schools, where the risks of transmission to teachers are very low. In fact, in the United States, there has yet to be, so far as I'm aware, a single documented case of a teacher infected by an elementary school student and then dying of COVID. So why exactly are we still talking about schools remaining closed? The CDC standards would require that the vast majority of students be at home right now, either via hybrid learning model or at home completely. There's a reason for that. The head of the CDC, Rochelle Walensky, specifically came out and said that she had shaped her criteria around the request of teachers' unions. The story of unionization in American labor is quite a fascinating one. In the aftermath of World War II, there were a lot of private sector unions, a lot of employees were unionized, but as America began to break out economically, fewer and fewer employees wanted to be bound by the dictates of private sector unions. Private sector unionization began declining at an extraordinarily rapid clip. At the exact same time, public sector unions began to rise, and this was given the go-ahead by an executive order signed by JFK in 1962, which allowed public sector unions to be formed. Effectively, public sector unions are bargaining against taxpayers, and the people who represent the taxpayers, in many cases, are not actually representing the taxpayers. They are representing precisely the people who got them elected in the first place, namely the public sector unions. I think it's a fair judgment to make that a free, active, progressive trade union movement stands for a free, active, progressive country. Imagine, for example, if you could elect your own boss and then negotiate with him your salary and he would just get to spend whatever money is in the kitty because he doesn't own that money because he ain't the owner. There is a reason that the Wagner Act suggested that public sector employees not be allowed to collectively bargain. Even FDR agreed with that. One of the things FDR specifically didn't like was the idea that public sector employees would be able to strike. Up until very recently, unions had really the run of American law. Unions were able to simply force, in many states, people who did not want to be part of the union to pay agency fees. So let's say that you wanted to work as a teacher in California, but you didn't actually want to join the union. Well, because the union was collectively bargaining on your behalf already, it had been established as the exclusive representative of all teachers in the state of California, you still had to pay agency fees to a union you didn't even like. In 2018, the U.S. Supreme Court struck that down. They said you could not be forced to pay agency fees to a union that you didn't actually want to join. This was supposed to provide a sort of crisis moment for unions because essentially, Janus argued that all states should become right-to-work states. Right-to-work states are states wherein you do not have to pay agency fees even if there is a union in your particular sector. In fact, if you're not a member of a union, you still get to work in that sector without being a member of the union. There's a reason that many businesses have moved from what are called union shop states to right to work states. The cost of labor in union shop states is extraordinarily high and employers don't want to be bound by all of those strictures. What does all of this mean? It means that public sector unions particularly require, require politicians to cram down their interests because the vast majority of employees in any given sector would prefer to be treated as individuals rather than being forced into collective bargaining circumstances where they could be lowest man on the totem pole. Under the National Labor Relations Act, which was passed during the FDR administration, employees are allowed to collectively bargain with employers. In fact, employers are duty-bound to bargain with employees if those employees can show that they represent a majority of the employees at a particular company. This can happen one of two ways. First, you can have an actual election where there is a union that is approved by a majority of the employees. Second, you can have a union present signatures of a majority of people or employees of a particular company. 
Now the problem with this second way of creating a union is that obviously pressure can be exerted. If I can come up to you in the parking lot at 12 at night and say to you, you know what'd be great, Bob, is if you would sign this little card to join the union. And if you don't sign the card, well, I can't promise that your car is gonna work tonight. There's a reason that unions have openly promoted the idea that there should not be any such thing as secret ballot with regards to union elections. They are deeply afraid that if given the ability to vote against forming a union, too many employees will vote not to form the union in the first place. I am confident that all who labor in field and factory will carry on the good work, carry it through to a just and successful end. It should be recognized that the National Labor Relations Act is actually a horrible piece of legislation. It is the law. We abide by it here at Daily Wire. It happens to be a crappy piece of legislation. That is because it allows collusion by labor in a way it would never allow collusion by the employer. If Daily Wire got together with Daily Caller, got together with Breitbart, and we all decided what pay scale to use for our employees, this would be collusion. It would be monopolistic behavior. But if all the employees of those companies got together and created a guild, then we would be duty-bound to negotiate with them as a collective instead of approaching them as individuals. This creates a non-fluid labor market. At least you can make the case that banding together as laborers to negotiate with your employer makes some sense if you're afraid that your employer is going to treat you adversarially, but it makes no sense with regard to public sector unions. Remember, if you're an employee of a private company, you get to negotiate with your employer how much you get paid. But if you are an employee of the public sector, it is the legislature that is setting the pay scale. Usually, it is elected officials who are deciding how much you ought to be paid. There ought to be no bargaining between employers and employees when all of the pay scale is set by the legislature. The great irony of teachers' unions and public sector unions generally is that the biggest advocates for these unions are the Democratic Party. And the Democratic Party happens to be the same party that is routinely suggesting that money in politics is dangerous and bad. This is why they push campaign finance reform. The very real danger now is that special interests will be able to use vast sums of concentrated wealth to further dictate policy outcomes at odds with the American people's wishes. The idea is that if you or if I give too much money to a candidate, we have bought the candidate. Or if a corporation supports a particular candidate, that candidate is now in the pocket of the corporation. Yet, some of the biggest spenders in American politics are the members of big labor. Labor unions, both private and public sector, mostly public sector at this point, spend literally hundreds of millions of dollars ensuring that Democrats get elected. You have public sector unions actively working to take union dues, spend them to elect politicians, then negotiating with those politicians to take taxpayer dollars and pay the unions. It's utter insanity. It's incredibly corrupt, and it's right out there in the open. In 2020, according to OpenSecrets.org, public sector unions spent $68 million directly to impact the election. 89% of all of those dollars were spent on Democrats. This did not include unions spending money internally on politics to get their own membership out. There are about 3 million members of the teachers' unions, for example. In 2018, according to one study, unions spent $2 billion on politics, nearly all of it on Democrat-related causes. In 2020, the National Education Association spent some $26 million on politics. Nearly all of it went to Democrats. The American Federation of Teachers spent $17 million directly. Nearly all of it went to Democrats. According to the Washington Post, both the AFT and the NEA spent hundreds of thousands of man hours in order to help Democratic candidates. According to Fox News, Joe Biden received more money from the teachers' unions than any other candidate in the 2020 election cycle, which of course is not a shock. So, 
Public sector unions spend tremendous amounts of money to elect people they then bargain with to use taxpayer dollars to pay them off so they can spend that money to elect those politicians again and again and again. And the cycle just keeps going round and round and round. There's a reason that Joe Biden knows that the science says schools should open, and yet he is reticent to let them open. The answer is he's in the pocket of the teachers unions because Democrats typically are in the pockets of the public sector unions. Right now, teachers unions are specifically bargaining to not open schools under virtually any circumstances. The Chicago Teachers Union was asking so much that even Lori Lightfoot, who's in the pocket of the Chicago's Teachers Union, was saying that this is way too much. These schools are open and safe and we are ready to welcome our students back. And frankly, they've been ready for some time. Teachers unions have been requesting full vaccination, not only for all teachers, but for students. The CDC does not even recommend vaccinations for young children. Teachers unions have been saying that without proper ventilation or more masking or without social distancing, they can't reopen. The science does not agree with this. So what do the teachers unions care about? Well, they care about the same thing all other unions care about, getting the best benefits for their employees. The problem is that teachers unions are negotiating against students because typically what they are negotiating is more money from taxpayers, less working hours, better working conditions. Some of those things are perfectly plausible, but you know where you're supposed to address those sorts of issues typically at the legislative level. You're supposed to allow taxpayers to defend themselves. Instead, what public sector unions do is they end around the process. Unionization in America has a long and interesting history. Private sector unions did a lot of good in the early 20th century particularly, but public sector unions have always been a blight on the Republic. Alrighty, folks, if you enjoyed the audio-only version of Debunked, you will love the video version. And this episode is just the tip of the iceberg. Get the entire first season available right now exclusively at The Daily Wire. Seriously, the show looks fantastic. It's got a documentary feel. There are some excellent visuals. Plus, you can get my show notes with links and resources to all of the data used all in one place when you're a member. Become a member today. Go to dailywire.com slash subscribe. Use promo code Debunked for 20% off.